Welcome to Blind Travel, an arts and music podcast. I spoke with Mingja Chen, who's the vocalist and composer who does the wonderful intros for Blind Travel. This is our first time speaking, and it was a pleasure. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hi. This <laughs> this is Michael. Well, you know you're Michael. I'm Ninja. <laughs> what's up? Is this recording? Are we? Is this happening? Yes. This is the first time I'm interviewing someone I don't know. Wow. So that's going to be interesting for Who's me. Who's that? You. So excited. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. Wow, that's funny because, well, yeah, we've never met. We've never talked in no, we've real never talked. time. We've never yeah. talked. So you're it's from Toronto. So yeah. I, How, how's I, that? Oh, it's it's great. Well, I I guess I'm I was born in Beijing, so uh-huh. that's where I'm from. From, but I I moved to Toronto with my family when I was pretty young, so that's like. I feel like it's home for me, but I live in LA right now, so I don't know where home is really, which I feel like is common for musicians and artists and wandering folks. Well, where is your family? My family, part of my family is in Toronto and part of my family is in Beijing. How often do you go back to either? Toronto pretty often. I was last there in the summer, um, hanging out with my mom and making music with people there. And Beijing, not for a long time. Um, The pandemic makes that kind of difficult. Right. Um, And it's it's not really a trip. You can just kind of go on willy-nilly. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I I like to. Um, so why yeah. did you leave Toronto? Well, I'm in LA right now because I'm doing a master's program, and um, so I moved here for that. It's my first time living in the states, uh, and it's a blast. I just I just came home from school, and I'm sweaty from biking, and I think I learned. A lot of things. What are you yeah. mastering? <laughs> um, gosh, nothing so far. Uh, supposedly, I am doing a master's in music composition. <laughs> so, writing some notes on a page. What are you? What are you mastering? I don't have a master's degree, mm. but I'm more of a generalist. You're if lost. anything, <laughs> no, no, no. I think it was a gain ultimately. <laughs> yeah i like running businesses more than i like i like school i always like school but um there's yeah. something realer whatever that may mean about running a business there's more like culpability more responsibility and yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i used to be more daydreamy but i like yeah. 
I like not being that. And yeah, that's, that's just where I'm at. But mm-hmm. have you always been, I know you make art as well. So as a yeah. young, as a youngling, what was your, <laughs> what did you think of yourself as either or, Ooh. or were you like not even like musician versus visual artist? Well, like, or like, I, uh, I tend to think that if you're young and you're good at drawing, oftentimes mm-hmm. you get validation from that and you, and you kind of just keep going down that path because that's how you get attention. But oh, were you, sorry. were you always creative? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, that <laughs> I really, um, I resonate with that. I, I remember being a kid. I don't, I don't remember much about being a kid. It's probably like mm-hmm. a mechanism cause I was, I was moving so much, but, um, I do remember, and I think also people have told me um, after the fact that I was drawing all the time. And I remember I was just kind of drawing the same. <laughs> I was always drawing like the same thing over and over. It's like very obsessive. I was always drawing these kind of like anime, kind of like Barbie doll types, but like hmm. not. because. But, and, and they're always wearing some kind of like, pinkish purple but it was always like I would just keep drawing that person over and over and and I remember they had pointy boobs I'm not nice. sure where yeah the uh, very specific cup type um but yeah I was drawing all the time I mean I think as a kid I didn't really have um I don't know I, I was gonna say I didn't really have a sense of like strong identity as like I am an artist or I am a a, a singer or or a musician or you know um which I'm like hmm I wonder if that's actually true but right now remembering what it was like to be young I think I was just like doing things I was singing all the time you know um I lived apart from usually like one of my parents um and I would like sing songs to them on the Mm. phone and those are my first you know compositions (laughs) um was the content about them or you're just singing songs that were popular and you knew no like there was made up songs like I would make them up on the spot and generally my parents I think this this was mostly my dad he'd be like okay, today sing me a song about sunflowers. Hmm. And I'd be like, sunflowers, la 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 la, you know, love so yellow. And then I'd just make up a song. And yeah, we'd just do that. So you're doing what you've always done, effectively. You draw. Yeah, I started my master's when I was two. When you were two. So how long has it been? (laughs) <laughs> it's been 23 years since I first enrolled. Um, and what is your um, goal? Like, do you want to, oh you know, I just interviewed James. I don't know if you know James. Uh, he's friends, friends with Dory, but, you know, he took like the songwriter pop route mm-hmm. and he's a singer songwriter. Um, yeah. And I know Dory's like pretty happy with where he's at and he's more, yeah, more like a jazzy route. Obviously I've heard your intros for the podcast. That's my (laughs) exposure, but you would be called a jazz singer. Is that 
Correct? I, yeah, I mean, I did. I, I, I mean, yes, because technically that's what I've been trained in. I, I studied vocal jazz for a while in school. Um, yeah, but I don't know. The goal, the goal is obviously to be a master. Uh, <laughs> I, but in, I guess in seriousness, I don't, I don't know. I think I just always want to be making something or, or not even making something, but like living creatively and yeah, always creating. Yeah. That wow, so vague, Ming. So vague. Um, so, so like, <laughs> that's an understandable goal. Yeah. Do, is are there final financial obstructions? Like, do oh, you have to course. figure out how to make money with your skill set? And if so, how do you do it? Yeah, being an artist is like the most expensive thing in the world. I feel like, um, but I. I guess that's also why I feel like I don't have a specific, like, this is my goal is to do this one thing, because I feel like being able to do a lot of things, um, like, I enjoy having a lot of gigs happening, and that's a way to sustain myself financially and, like, emotionally and spiritually and, um, yeah, like being kind of game to do whatever is needed like want to make you know want to sing people's names for a podcast sure mm -hmm. want to like write something for my album okay like want to perform my music cool um yeah i recently just kind of wrapped up this project where i was creating animations for my friend's dance project and i've never done that before you know but it's like okay you need animations sure like why not um yeah what are what are the spiritual you mentioned spiritually fulfills but for you mm. what's the connection between creativity and the spiritual um wow what what a question i i think i'm not a particularly well I'm not even particularly I'm just not I'm not a religious person um mm -hmm. and that's actually something that I'm I've been thinking a little bit about and then I forget to think about it because I think the world makes it kind of inconvenient um at least the the communities that I'm in sure. um, where there's always a million other things to think about before God or before you know what what have you but um, I feel like, I, I do feel like it's important for me to feel like I have some, some kind of purpose outside of myself and, and kind of both an awareness and a recognition and hopefully some kind of connection to something that's just like more and and I feel like music as you know cheesy as that might sound like it it is that for me in some ways because I feel like 
religion (laughs) so much of the religious stories right like it just feels like a giant metaphor for like the way of things like um like as an explanation to like how things work and like what the world is like and how it turns and and that I feel like is music to me because every time I feel like I get closer to music I'm like oh I'm I'm learning something about world life people so the process of music making or art making as well I assume yeah I think with art like I feel hmm I feel like my relationship to music is actually quite different than my relationship to a lot of other creative forms um because I feel I feel so comfortable in the art form like I've I've devoted so much time to it and and really studied it that I feel and not not that you have to do that to feel free in in any kind of like form of art but um I feel like I interact with it in a different way because in a way there's so much the more that you can do the more decisions you kind of have to make whereas in visual art and in like um writing words or in like whatever thing that I'm interested in that given weekend I'm kind of like well I can only do it this one way because I don't know how to do it another way so I'm just gonna do it this way and and it's a lot more intuitive whereas Mm -hmm. with music I feel like it's gotten past that point of intuition now where it's kind of like oh shit I actually kind of have to make decisions about things now um but yeah I feel like it's not even so much about creating I actually feel like the less I'm creating often the more I can kind of clearly see and learn about the art um which is maybe like a separate separate thing but you said yeah, the but, less the less you're creating the music yeah like hmm. I don't know I think being being a professional musician kind of like sucks sometimes Mm -hmm. because like and and you know you know this as well like art is not meant to be capitalized upon money is great and we love that because we need it to survive and therefore like um having people monetarily value what we contribute it means people value that we stay alive Mm -hmm. as artists but like the idea of music like I, it just like doesn't make sense in capitalism. So to be able to say like, I want it, I love doing this thing. I want to do this as my way of being a person. And it means that I have to sell it and I have to think about money like is so hard. <laughs> for Yeah, me. it's, it's um, a very complex um, topic. I don't know what my opinion is on the relationship yeah. between art and capitalism because it isn't clear to me what structure produces. I mean, it seems like a lot of capitalist societies have very good art and a lot of societies that try to operate outside of that 
obviously authoritarian ones didn't have art or were very repressive. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. It's hard to know what commodification means in respect to like what it's quantifying. Uh, it's certainly an awkward relationship between art and money as the art world is very good at showing the music industry <laughs> as well. Yeah. When one averts their eyes from those things, I think there's a beautiful simplicity to, I do feel that like the artists and, and musicians I know who are competent and driven have found a way to mm-hmm. ma- keep making it, you know, uh, yeah. and that's a good thing. The ones I think are, were lazy or, or not quite there. They had to move mm-hmm. on to more financially stable things. And there yeah. are exceptions of course, but, um, I think if you really want it, you do find a way to, uh, work within any given system. I mean, mm-hmm you could be thrust into any system and find the pros and cons. I think, um, they're always going to have challenges. Like I said, I don't know what the ideal fertilizer for art is. In fact, sometimes it seems like the more, the most sensorial environments do produce great art. It's just a lot of people don't get to express themselves. Yeah. Which is like kind of a shame, you know, like I, I agree. I think like the, the human spirit it's just like people are so amazing that generally art will be made like there's always going to be great artists no matter the environment i'm just like well why does there need to be such a harsh like i think about the term lazy too Mm because i i'm a capricorn so i think about productivity a lot um okay i didn't i didn't know that i didn't know that Um, was a thing yeah well now you know me now you know everything you need to know about me but um yeah like i just even the term like like laziness you know Uh i think about that in context of like being an accountant or like Mm -hmm. being a food vendor or being a janitor or like a secretary like whatever job right and it's like well yeah i mean you want to be doing a good job but for a lot of other jobs it's like you're you kind of have this freedom to be whatever kind of worker you want to be as long as you're not doing such a terrible job that it's like now you're like that you're not doing it you know and then it's like okay you get fired or or like it's not working for you and then you have to figure something else out it feels like at least in the music world maybe it's actually totally the same all across the board but like in the music world it's like you have to be working against every every possible thing and then you will prevail and make art it's like well what if why like i want to hear what the lazy artist has to say like i want to hear like it also i feel like that type of environment creates a very specific type of art Mm. which like not to say any type is better or worse but it's like i'm interested in a variety of things like i'm interested in the artist that makes one record every 20 years as opposed to like every year you know like i feel like (laughs) that creates a different sound that creates a different energy and like right now it's just like not really possible for for people who are not like total like type a people to like have a 
have a life in this thing unless you're also working like five other jobs which people also make that work and i'm like you know uh-huh. whatever, <laughs> whatever i think i think for do. me the, the uh appropriate analogy is if you're an artist in the sense you're talking about you're not mm-hmm. really a employee you're actually a owner and mm-hmm. whenever you own a business it is much more like what you just described which is like it's all incumbent upon you to make it work and yeah I think if that reality was hammered home a little more clearly mm-hmm. in art school and music school, like if you want the employee mentality where you can be a little more lazy and there's less time devoted to the thing, there are jobs like that. You might make music for commercials or, you know, just work within a bigger structure, maybe in the film industry or something. There's that, even though those people work a lot as well. Um, but I think the fact is it's a very demanding, I don't know about, capricorns per se (laughs) but for me like it's simply if you're given a gift you're indebted to what that which gave you the gift to make as much and as beautiful of things as you can i refuse i just refuse laziness as a mode uh i think there's people who could work who could put out one album in 20 years, but the whole time they're working and they're really, really editing and understanding like, wow, this isn't there yet. That's different. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I personally cannot encourage laziness because I do feel like what's the saying? Uh, Idle hands of the devil's play things. (laughs) I find that to be, I find that true. It's true. Oh. It's when, when we aren't focused and working yeah. and like, I, there's a distinction, right? Like making art, calling that labor or work is very, um, misleading. Like mm-hmm. having to work as a janitor is certainly a different kind of labor. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but just be grateful for the opportunity to exist within any system that allows me to try to be an artist. Um, yeah totally i feel like that's so yeah hearing that is um it's quite inspiring and it's also just like kind of a breath of fresh air because i feel like maybe the way you relate to like work and 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 kind of this like like work ethic is so different than how i've been feeling in the (laughs) last the last little while but also I feel like we're, we're, we're talking to each other like, like a funny time because I feel that pendulum swinging back around a little bit in the last little while. Like, cause I, I have a funny relationship to laziness where I, I don't really believe in it as by itself. You know, mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, there's always a reason. Like, I just feel like humans were wired to want to be useful and want to like help other people and express ourselves and do the thing that is like, like do a good job. We all want to do a good job. And when, when that opportunity is presented to us, we take it, I feel nine times out of 10. And and so when there's a block, there's almost always like, I'm just like, Hmm, what's the reason here? You know, like what is the thing that's stopping you? But investigating that in itself is also takes 
a certain type of drive and like work ethic and like a stick stick with itness and and I'm thinking about it a lot these days in terms of like imagination or like it's almost like this stubbornness of being able to see a future where you can do the work to me is almost more like when I feel like I'm quote unquote lazy, which actually these days, it's funny you, you asked to talk and I was like, like this, this last week I was like, Oh my God, like I have such a turbulent relationship to music and art right now. Like, what am I going to say? And then, and, and so I've been thinking about this concept a lot of like, maybe it's not so much that I'm lazy. Maybe it's like, I just need to be, I just need to be more imaginative and see this future where the things I need to do, I can do them and just like have some kind of trust in the unknown and like trust in myself. Um, and that, like that to me is like the work. You know, because then sure. actually doing it once you feel like you can do it is actually not hard. I mean, no, you know, no. to a certain extent, but I mean, no one's been. I, for me, it's simple. Like inspiration is. Mm-hmm. I've never been inspired by a, a lazy activity or person who's mainly lazy. Of course, mm-hmm. the most inspiring people are the people who, uh, they are like, you couldn't imagine how something like that could come out of a human and they know the pain of the activity. They know how difficult it is, but they make it look easy and they make it look flawless. I think in, in contrast to, to laziness, like it is true that I do believe capitalist societies struggle with the genuine idea of rest. And Mm -hmm. even like in a biblical sense, like there's a reason rest is a full day. And Mm -hmm. when a society becomes all about productivity, it loses rest and it loses play. And if an artist loses those things, there are serious repercussions. So it's kind of like, how do you exist within a system of that nature? Now, I think that's different than lazy. Lazy for me is only negative. Rest is, is beautiful and necessary. Totally. Yeah. There's also fear of failure which is much more common the deterrent of art making than laziness i think yeah i i to me i feel like those two things go like i i feel like they're the same in a way because i'm like i can't imagine somebody wanting to be lazy if they knew that they were going to succeed like obviously you would do the thing that you want to do and contribute what you want to contribute if you believed that it would be what you want, you know? Cause, and I totally agree with the thing you, you said earlier and about like rest. And, and I wonder if to me, like the opposite of laziness is not productivity rather. It's almost the opposite of that, which is like, um like diligence you know and and that to me that's like so different than the kind of like i'm gonna work and make stuff all the time and never stop and make five million albums and like you know like you've been like this you've had uh, periods of this kind of tenacity 
Oh yeah. I feel like that's something I struggle with a lot is, is, is kind of always being like, go, 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 go. And something I've been really enjoying is being very diligent and like, like, yeah, kind of like strict with myself about like, well, Ming, you know, you said you were going to rest today and you could keep going, but like, you know, just, just go lie down. (laughs) And that has actually been a really joyful, um, discovery period for me of like, oh, I can kind of, I can just do, I can just chill and I don't have to earn it. And I don't have to, you know, um, like I read this really amazing line a couple of days. I I can't remember where, but it, it was like, somebody said, um, like feeling like you've earned, you need to earn love is like taxing oxygen. And I mean, think about that. It's like resting is kind of like showing care and love to yourself. And, and this idea that it's like, okay, I've worked enough. Now I can rest. Like, no, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You're going to take care of business. And, but yeah, like, and, and I've been really excited about being more diligent about, um, kind of tending to both like the yin and the yang and i actually find like when i allow myself to take a full break um it's actually the most creative time i'm like oh all those things that i was that i was struggling with like i just needed a nap and now it's and and now it's chill now i know what i need to do um which again not the reason to rest that would, you know, I'm not resting so that I can go create more, but, but it does, it's, that's a a good point. Actually, if, if rest only occurs in relationship to productivity, in other words, it's the like way to restock the fuel of productivity, then it ceases to be the thing it should be, which is just rest itself. Uh, now I have a very paternal view of the world. I just always mm-hmm. have. I was also mm-hmm. raised Roman Catholic, which is mm-hmm. fairly paternal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I admittedly don't those kind of more maternal, um, notions of like, I deserve, mm. uh, love or something just cause I exist. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it just like doesn't compute in my robot brain (laughs) but i respect it i completely understand (laughs) it um i think somehow for me it's a mode of exhaustion that leads to the like breakthrough you know it's like Mm -hmm. because i think that works as well right like i get you go take a shower your mind's not on the idea boom it pops up the correct thing i also think there's like like when you're working out it's so exhausting you suddenly break through to the next thing the second wind and it feels like a whole new, I don't even un- understand what happens there. It feels like yeah. you're reborn. But why are you in the, if you're in simultaneously in this uh, resting period, why are you ha- in a tumultuous relationship? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Um, that's a good question. Well, I mean, one, I'm just, I'm still thinking about what you're talking about with like kind of, um, this point, driving yourself like to a point of exhaustion and letting that be like a new like that was I really I enjoy that and I do relate to it it's like work hard play hard you know on the one hand it's like when you rest rest completely and then when you're investigating something really 
just like yeah. feel it to the bottom of the thing. And um, yeah, I okay. You you asked about tumultuous. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> the answer is pretty simple. I'm I'm in grad school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm in grad okay. school, and right. I'm working, and I'm living in a pretty expensive city, and I like. Yeah, it's, it's life is just a little cuckoo bananas for a little while, and then. Um, How much longer will you be in grad school? Well, it's my second year out of a two-year program, so I'm talking to you right now, with one month left of this semester to go, and then I have another one, and then by May I'll be, I'll be a master supposedly. I'll know everything there is to know about music except the stuff they tell you in doctoral programs that i won't know but everything else and will you continue to go to school oh i hope not i mean okay no. so you're <laughs> I, uh, there's some ambivalence about school there oh gosh i have it's one of, it's one of those, <laughs> it's like that thing where it's like you can what's the thing oh my gosh i keep i feel like i talk about this in every interview type such the flashlight cannot flash unto itself or, or whatever it's like i feel like because i'm in it right now i have all these like big feelings about school yeah and then i'm sure once i leave i'll just be like oh that was a thing it was actually very simple like this is what it is and i love i yeah i have so many things i love so much about school and i feel just like every day there's a moment where i'm like Oh, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, wow, I feel so inspired. And there are also some things where I'm like, get me the hell out of here. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, this yeah, is like I, a, yeah. there's a profound saying involving a flashlight. Yeah, it's like, it's that thing where it's like when you're in it, you can't see it clearly, you know? Well, in a, in a sense, I mean, I... I never quite, I don't know. There's like a very clear philosophical way to talk about this that I don't recall, but mm -hmm. there's a, there's an aspect where it's true, right? Like if one is in love, uh, there's a certain perspective on love. And then when one's, one is out of it or looking at two people in love and you're like, how the hell are those people in love? That's a true perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're blinded by it. I think that ambivalence people feel about school, I, I do believe, says something about the structure of how we, we go about education mm -hmm. at the current time. Um, I know when I was in school, I was a bit of a brat. So uh, <laughs> ultimately, I should have just been grateful, right? It's like, I'm here. I'm doing this thing. I might as well be grateful. It's a luxury in some sense, but I was very fed up with like, I don't know, just the way things were being taught. I thought I was better than people. I was better mm -hmm. than some of them. That was obvious, but I wasn't as good as I thought. Um, and yeah. I wasn't, I don't think I had the maturity to take the opportunity correctly. Mm -hmm. I will never go back. I can say that with confidence. <laughs> I think you'll, you just yeah. learn so much more by navigating in an un- there's no bumpers like in a bowling sense. Like if you, yeah, once you leave that, you're going to have to learn how to make money and mm -hmm. that's going to be fun. It's very fun. Yeah. It's, it is fun. It's interesting. I spent, I never thought I would do grad school, you know, 
I I did my undergrad in Toronto and then I was just working and hanging out and mm-hmm. being a person and like teaching and 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 singing and writing. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, well, I had always kind of toyed with the idea of of like going somewhere to really study what I want to study and just get like really good at something and not worry about anything else and just really dedicate myself to like the really nerdy things that I want to dedicate myself to. And, but, but it was always kind of like, Oh, maybe one day that would be fun. Like I, I had never really given it a lot of thought. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, I was just like, fuck it. Maybe I'll apply some places. And then, um, um, I think she sent me a picture of her cat. Oh, cute. Okay. Anywho. Um, yeah. So then I just applied to a bunch of random places and chose the place that was from where I. Why the furthest? Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I thought of like, hmm. Grad school is such being in school at all is such a strange, amazing, rare opportunity because it's like you go to you get placed in this kind of like built-in community and this little like hub and you're just planted there. It's like, well, here you are, you know, and and also I think thinking about like traveling and I'm really drawn or at least at that time, now I'm a little tired, but but by then I was like really drawn to like living in a bunch of different places that I'd never lived before and being like, well, I've, I've never lived on the West Coast. Like, and those types of moves are hard, but with school, it could be less hard because it's like, I know I'm going to come here and there's a thing for me to do. There's already people for me to meet and it could be a really good opportunity to experience something unknown because otherwise like it's like okay I could move somewhere totally different for grad school or I could move somewhere totally different for a job but being a freelancer like that's you know like like I don't really know how that would work or I could just move somewhere because I'm like on this day I'm just gonna pack up and move which sounds really hard (laughs) you know so I knew that yeah, it just feels like a really special opportunity to do something wacky. Okay, so it's a, it's wacky. It's a wacky decision. The wacky decision. My first time stepping foot like in LA was to to move here. I had never I'd never been here before. Um and yeah, it was weird. And then it became well, it's still weird. It's still weird, but in a very enjoyable way now. I'm enjoying the weirdness for sure. Yeah. What's the contrast like between LA and Toronto? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, um, I don't even know. I feel like, uh, well, the roads are wider here. People use Fahrenheit instead of Celsius. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh there's no snow 
and mm-hmm. um and uh more tacos true this is <laughs> this is irrefutable uh, will you continue yeah. living there afterwards gosh i don't know i think it depends on visa situations it's also another reason why school is um uh, is a special opportunity is because after I graduate, I kind of have to figure something out uh, how to stay in this country. But I think ideally mm-hmm. I would, I would like to stay here for a little while and then who knows? Stay. How is it that you came to work with Dory? <laughs> There's actually, we have a, we have a really good meet cute. So, um, I, um, I like to browse a website uh, slash video sharing platform called Vimeo. And, okay. and so I was doing that one night. I think I had just moved to LA. It was like within the first month for sure. Maybe even the first like week. And I was like watching a bunch of random videos. I think it was just like staff pics or, or, or like something, some recommended like animated short video. Mm, 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 mm. And, um, and then this video by uh, Roman Roman. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I remember watching this video and one being like, wow, I love this video. And then two being like, I love the music. And I just had this hunch. I had this feeling. I was like, I think maybe there's a chance the person who made this music lives in LA, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that's a pretty like, okay, that's a pretty good guess for like people who make music. But, but yeah, I I, I was like, "Hmm, maybe I'll investigate like, cause I I love this music. Like I want to see what this person is up to. And then I found Dory's email and I just was like, Hey, I watched this video and I love your music. Like, do you live around here? Like, can we hang out? And then he said, yes. And, and here we are. Now we're pals and we play music together all the time. And we're both making music for this show. Yes. Yeah. That's fascinating. Cause I did interview Roman as well. So yes, the that's right. little group. I just learned that. Yeah. What a beautiful, lovely, incestuous little community we have. Um, you could put it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very, very fortunate to have the friends I have. Very important to have a peer group yeah. that you respect. Um, and honestly, going to school, you, you can start to establish that. But I have found that when you get to your 30s is when you can really start seeing who's in it for real. And then you can start building like a very clear peer group. I yeah. just think in school you can get faked out and be like, Oh, this person's an artist. Cause they're in art school with me. But yeah, I don't feel one can make such a claim until they've been out of school for like a sufficient period of time to see if they're self-motivated enough. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation. It's a funny, it's a funny thing. Cause I also, <laughs> I fantasize about this sometimes where I'm like, what if, we all just stopped making art. Maybe then people would notice. Because that's also the problem, right? Is like humans love art. We're just going to keep doing it. Because, well, one, it's a motive for survival. Like we depend on like 
pro- like we process things and heal f- by like making art about things and and so it's always going to be around um but like i think about um workers who go on strike mm-hmm. you know and if all the artists were somehow all like unionized you know the the art union um and and we all were just like we're going on strike we're not gonna make any more art until spotify tells us that they're gonna pay us more than like one stinky sock for every million streams like how amazing would that be but it's just like we like and and the beautiful like the painful but beautiful thing is that like that's never gonna happen because people love art (laughs) we're just like no one's gonna stop making it we're just gonna keep doing it there's gonna be less maybe there's like eras where there's an abundance and then and then maybe like i i don't don't know yeah i mean good artists don't unionize good art (laughs) good artists don't like being in big groups of of represented people i've found like uh yeah they, they 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 always want to be on the fringe of things, even if it's a type of medium or form. Like uh, if you're right in the center, if you're all centralized and unionized, at least from an artist's perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like you, you calcify and you lack the mobility created creativity needs. Like I'm working on an art center. So I think about mm-hmm. it quite often. Mm-hmm. It's like, what am I trying to do? Because Fundamentally, I don't believe you can make good artists. Um, I don't really think institutions necessarily make artists like appear. They can foster some aspect of them, mm-hmm. but I think it's a fallacy that like we can make little kids all creative and little artists. And I don't even think it's a good thing personally. I think uh, yeah. there are create creative kids. They shouldn't be smashed like flies because they express things in a different sense. But there is this weird like fetish with creativity that has popped up that I don't because I don't think like the ultimate form of a human is an artist or something. I just think we're mm-hmm. we're spices to, you know, the meat and potatoes that is just like rational, sane people who do pretty <laughs> mundane things. Yeah, I totally agree with you in terms of like the art you know it's like yeah it, it it is interesting like a lot of art not all artists but like a lot of really brilliant artists have found themselves kind of on the fringe or like on the outside and 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 that i think offers a type of freedom mm-hmm. um whether it's something that the artist has intentionally established for themselves or if it's just in a situation where they found themselves in where it's like because of this situation you can just give less fucks, <laughs> like, you know, or yes. because you give less fucks, then you're in the situation like the chicken or the egg or, or it, where it's like, yes, the art cannot be concerned with the other things. However, I do feel like as just a person or a person in a community, like, mm. like good, you know, quote unquote, good artists or like, um, like, or I guess any artist not wanting to be part of a union or like some kind of community or like larger kind of identity, that feels like more a statement on the union or the whatever thing or the like institution or than it is on the artists, I feel like, because 
I think, uh, yeah, I think art movements tell you a lot about the scale that art visual art succeeds at. And most mm-hmm. movements are like max 20 people. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird if you consider it right. Abstract expressionism is a yeah. huge movement that had global influence for many reasons involving the CIA and that's complicated, but like, mm-hmm. It was really just like 15 people who knew each other. And yeah. I do, I still believe that's how it works. Despite the internet, it's these little con- concentrated groups of people that truly make the best things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the scale gets way too big, and that's what I'm like thinking about with the art center. It's right. It's like a higher scale of things. Um mm-hmm. It becomes something doesn't work. Something doesn't vibrate. Um, it's even funny mm-hmm. to consider with musicians is like at what scale in their progression as they climb up to like a stadium sized thing or something. Is there like a perfect scale for certain forms and mediums? Yeah. Obviously, like it seems to me, I don't know much about it, but like, uh, like jazz or something is, mm-hmm. is architecturally. I don't know if this is correct. Perfect for a club, like a small club. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Coldplay is perfect for a stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, David Byrne wrote a book about this. I don't know if you've ever read that. I think it's called How Music Works. But he kind of gets into mm-hmm. architecture yeah. and the relationship oh. to those things. Yeah. I, yeah, it's so, I mean, it's so important. Like the art needs to live in a space and, I actually yesterday I saw I, I saw this show um where it was this artist who had developed a one person kind of like theater mm. music thing and then and workshopped it into like a six person show. And I had seen snippets of a, a solo performance where it was like very intimate, it was like unamplified, just in this room, just him doing his thing. And I was so moved by it. And then I saw this like bigger production where it was like they were all mic'd up. It was in this big auditorium. It was like boomy. They felt far away. And it's funny because so much of the text was the same, and so much of kind of you, you can argue like the content was the same. But the room just changed everything. It suddenly felt like it was so distant and something was not connecting. And and it wasn't really registering that, like, I wasn't having that thought being like, this space or, oh, this, like, you know, like, environment. But it was only because I knew the pre, I had the previous context where I registered it was because of this thing. So, like, yeah, totally. It's very delicate. Everything about it is delicate. Yeah. But can you speak to the relationship? Like it's, um, yeah. you know, like you make art, visual Mm -hmm. art and music. Mm -hmm. And can you speak to how they're similar and how they're different? Yeah. I think it's all in relationship to me, right? Like how I interface. Like I'm, I feel like, in no position, I'm in no position. No, no, go like, ahead. I don't think go anyone ahead. is, but to like <laughs> talk about the visual art as a form or like music, but but to me, they. Oh I God. love a good generalization. Yeah, I love a good generalization. No, y'all. Um, yeah, I think 
I. I mean, you can speak personally too about it. It's just. Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of have to, but right. even then, it's it's hard because I. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm 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 talking to you from my room, and right now I'm 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 looking. I'm kind of in a spinny chair, and and I'm spinning. Mm-hmm. And so half the time I'm facing my desk and half the time I'm facing the wall opposite my desk, which I've kind of turned into this like sticky mind map um, of, a, of a piece I'm writing where it's, it's a musical piece, but to make sense of it, I have to see it visually. And like with drawings or words? With both, with both. With, oh, with so that's wall, very interesting. Yeah. And like, it just helps me. I feel like maybe with art and maybe it's because I'm less trained in it and it's so much more in one, I'm more limited in what I can do visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that in itself is actually kind of an amazing thing is because like, well, again, like I don't have to decide what I'm going to do. Cause I, this is what I have. So I'm going to do that. And then two, like, there's this sense of play that I get. Um, it's just, a, it, it like freshens things up. Like when I, when I draw versus when I play, because the kind of ignorance I have with visual art and, and, and kind of this reliance on intuition um, is something that I, I sometimes miss in my music making. Um and yeah, like with, with visual art, it's a lot more simple, like my relationship to it. And it's a lot less heavy and belabored. Like, Is your ego less invested in a sense? Like, let's say you make a bad drawing. Is it no big deal? And But if you make a bad song, it's a big crushing blow to your self-perception? Oh, yeah. Totally. So yeah, you have that freedom with the visual, but you know, it's easy to crave that. But I I think that's just the nature of getting good and caring about anything or investing in something is like the losses are far more, they have more gravity, but I think it's very interesting to use them synergistically. Like, Mm -hmm. will you make a drawing and then make a song about that almost as if it's a sketch for the, the song? I, I, hmm, I'm trying to think of if I've, made a drawing and then turned it into a song i've definitely maybe if not like um a physically like here is a drawing and then now it's a song but there's definitely i think i work visually a lot like so for example i might picture a scene with like really specific colors you know or like some type of imagery and then that'll be the foundation for a piece of music like that happens quite a lot actually hmm. um yeah and like scenes from dreams where i'll like dream some like some kind of imagery that i feel like is really compelling and and then from there a certain mood will inform a song or, or a piece of music yeah and what do you what do you feel you know sometimes people make things make art but they're more connected to music but they simply are good at mm. art do you feel more do you gain more fuel spiritually speaking mm. from visual 
or music? Gosh, I don't, I think, I think it has to come from everywhere. I think also because I engage so much with like visual and oral media that mm. it's kind of hard to separate because one of my favorite art forms, like I love movies <laughs> and I mm -hmm. love, and um, specifically, I really love animated movies. Um, and so that's kind of just like watching a moving painting. Like I love seeing movies that are beautiful and, and where it's really just like works of art. And, and like, it so happens that a lot of um, these movies like also have really gorgeous soundtracks and and so it's kind of like this thing that's all working together and I think a lot about like um like theatrical musical pieces that have been really moving you mm -hmm. know or like dance and music where it's like this image combined with this sound and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> like the, um yeah so it's really hard to say but I do I like that I like thinking about the fuel. You're like, where does the fuel come from? The fuel, like... Well, yeah, if you were to name, like, in a simplistic sense, you know, the, the most influential yeah. people, artists in your life, I would guess, because you're more invested in music, that you would most... You would more quickly can think of them, right? Unless you're talking about, like, Miyazaki, who is a good example of having both things very figured out in terms of the his the music in his films yeah. and the animation yeah. um but but like I, are the clear influences you have mostly musical i think so if only just to if only just because i feel like i'm more i have more expertise like enough to right. actually say that they're my main influences but like if you if you actually look at like emotionally I feel like there are a lot of like Miyazaki for one is actually like probably one of my main influences. Just like thinking about like, you know, I don't have every scene of his movies like analyzed and I couldn't like write you a dissertation on like how he did stuff or blah, 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 blah. Like the, the kind of feeling that I'm left with and that like the way he tells the stories, I think is something that I'm, always like trying to emulate whether that's like consciously or subconsciously so would that manifest as like an out like is your so obviously you're working on the intros to this podcast mm -hmm. and we can get mm -hmm. it i'm curious to hear the process of that yeah. but <laughs> yeah once you get out of school are you ideally making an album that in some sense produces the awe that miyazaki would produce with a film or are you trying to all task <laughs> no, it's, that's that'll take a lifetime <laughs> yeah that's never gonna happen but it's Hopefully, a goal it's a goal yeah i'm like working on so many albums oh, okay <laughs> yeah there's i have an album that i'm working on which actually yeah i i think about like the animated image um and and like um illustration and and cartoons actually like visually as um kind of the emotional world that the music occupies for this album that i'm making right now with a band 
uh, called Tortoise Orchestra that I play and sing with back in Toronto. And it's kind of a pretty fantastical world that we've painted, Hmm. Um, which is funny because, you know, it's not like I set out to be like, I'm going to make this thing that's inspired by like these people and it's going to be this. It it just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that's something that I'm doing. Um, I there's like, I don't know. There's always a million things that I'm trying to I'm trying to be doing. Um, always writing songs for whatever you know, and then it's like, okay, well, once I have enough songs, I'll, that's that's an album, I guess. Okay, so it's more like a it's a looser process. Sometimes, not yeah. always. There's I'm I'm also working on a like a song cycle slash theatrical piece which is very much the opposite it's like its own thing it's though it's it's the piece of living on my wall right now mm-hmm. um where it's like it is to tell this story it is for this instrumentation slash sound world and it's very much its own its own creature you know that i that i feed every every couple of days and, and, and we have a conversation. I'm like, okay, so what, what do you think? What do you think you're going to be? <laughs> right. Like, yes. That's the right way to make art. Yeah. But in terms of the process for the podcast intros, is that, mm-hmm. tell me about that. Yeah. Gosh, it's so fun. I've made, well, I've, I've sung on eight so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dory is Dory is so wonderful to <laughs> collaborate with, and uh, you know you you probably you know this. Um, mm-hmm. but, but he, um, and he explained this to me. He that that he he talked to you about this on the podcast where, and I've been thinking about that a lot actually. Is 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 his um, philosophy on collaboration where? Yeah, he he really kind of sees it as like role delegating. But when you break it down, the collaboration comes when you add all these individual pieces together. And so for my individual piece, which is the singing part, so, so he, he makes the instrumental music. He makes the, the, the bed track um, or what have you. And then, and then he sends that to me and is kind of just like, you sing something. All you got to know, it's got to have this person's name and that's it. You know, he doesn't give me any um, direction. He doesn't tell me what to do. He doesn't even suggest, he just like, you go. And I'm like, okay. Um, And so there's this like amazing trust. Um, uh, But I also know he just like, he's got this relationship to music that's so inspiring because it's deeply playful and you hear that in the music it comes from a place of like joy and ease and curiosity and not to say that the process is necessarily easy you know um yeah but like the the feeling that it delivers to the listener is like oh this is like such a it's full of life and it's full of play um and 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 he's got such a deep love for the music but he like he takes care of the music through that too and he's really diligent about that and um so that's a really nice place to be where i 
I feel really reassured because he like he takes care of the music so well that I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have to worry about this. This is gonna be amazing. I just have to kind of emulate that. And it's also like low risk because I'm like, he he trusts me and that prompts me to trust myself, you know? True. Um, and so I guess more on the technical side, like I've you know, I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is a this is a lot of names and and these are a lot of people. There's a lot of podcast episodes. Like, how am I going to keep this interesting? Because I, I really right, right. do. I want them to all be different and have their own character. And a lot of that is, I think, easy because the music that Dory sends me, like, often I'll, I'll hear it and immediately have an idea of like, oh, he played this. Like, let me sing this. Like, do, 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 do. Like, John, John, you know? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. It's pretty organic, but I've also just created, and this is similar to how I create a lot of things outside of this as well, is I've created a little list of just like ideas or prompts or textures. I'm staring at it right now, actually, because it's it's on my other wall. Um, that's not my giant piece. Um, and And so I'm kind of just going about my day, like gathering and and being open to just like little ideas or or little textures. And then when I sit down and, and we kind of do these in batches because they're short. So I'll, 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 I imagine I'll be doing like five at a time or something like that. And I'll, and I'll kind of just go through the list of like, oh, maybe I'll try this idea or maybe I'll try that idea. And, and, and so there are these like tiny things like, you know, I have written, some of them are just lines. They're not even words. It's like, what if I sang this squiggly line like this? Or what if mm. I sang like dots? Or what if I sang it like zigzags, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then you'll assign it to a name. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the name also has like, a, plays a huge role. Like some names you just say them and it brings out a certain like you know (laughs) um like like um neve who's on the show and Mm -hmm. dory like bavarsky like their last name is like it's just like i was like okay bavarsky that's just like a fun thing to say i just like chew it in my mouth like bavar and then alina's like and then that (laughs) idea was like oh what if i like say it all in one note but then i just do this big loop on but like blah, 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 you know <laughs> right, 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 and right. that turned into this um kind of funny thing where uh yeah if you're listening to this now pause here and go listen to neve's uh, episode i guess for the first 30 seconds and then come back um yeah and so, so that's how that happened and it's kind of fun just listening to the names themselves and being like okay what are you what are you trying to tell me? What are these vowels? Where do they want to go? Right, right. And now you'll have to sing your own name. I know. I was thinking. It's kind of strange. I know. I I was on the phone with Dory after I had sent him the first recordings for these. And we were kind of just debriefing. And and he was like, oh, like, yeah, I heard you're going to get angry. You're going to have to sing your own name. And, 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 and so I've kind of been thinking about that. It's in a way, it's like the least stressful one because I'm like, True. oh, I don't, I don't it's, just, it's just me. It's just my name. You know, if I'm, if I'm singing the name of another person, I, I want to make sure that 
it feels like, like, I don't know. I'm very like, for better or for worse, I'm like product, uh, or like end goal driven. Like I, I want to imagine me singing someone's name in a wacky way and then them listening and being like, oh, wow, I've never heard Bavarsky sung like that before. <laughs> um, I think you've succeeded from what I've heard. Thank you. In doing so. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I was interested in hearing is like, yeah, I like the visual of you looking at dots and singing a name based on dots, maybe in like a staccato way or something. Yeah. And then there's a zigzaggy way of approaching that because the fact that you draw and sing must mean your process varies or incorporates that in a way that like a person who just sings might not approach it. Yeah. It's like different ways to, to, it's all just like different containers for the same energy or the same emotion, you know, these days actually, and this is kind of a fairly new thing, but when I've, when I've become really inspired in the middle of a musical process, um, I'll just turn all the lights off and I'll start like, dancing is not the way to describe what I do because it's kind of, it just probably if somebody else, and I, I try to not picture other people seeing this, but it's probably just me like standing in the middle of my room, like making weird faces and like moving my left shoulder, you know, but mm. like trying to, like, I really enjoy feeling the certain like, energy or like spark or, or, or fuel or you know like what have you the thing that like drives us to express things like like have that manifest in different ways and 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 in new ways and I feel like that just brings a different freshness that I really that I love yeah I mean to me Drawing is just a way of thinking on paper. It's in the most literal sense. It's just a way to almost like the, I don't know what they're called, the machines that record earthquakes, but it's just a way to give a visual cue of the way you're thinking. That's at least often how I draw when I'm not doing an assignment, which has an end goal to do that. But that's why I think it could be a useful tool for anyone is it just allows you to explore things in a, in a way that's more comfortable since our primary sense is one that is visual. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that, how you're approaching what is really an ethereal uh, product music mm-hmm. with something more concrete, like drawing. Yeah. And, and, and concretizing anything, I feel like it's just so enjoyable. (laughs) It's fun. And I do that with like, yeah, I I completely um, relate to what you're saying about like, it's just like a way to process things. And, And I think about that with like, not just music or yeah, like anything, like my thoughts, my feelings, like putting them on a page and making something ethereal, concrete, like there's something so satisfying and, and like very healing about it. I don't even know why. Maybe it's just like the human desire to 
validate and express and, and, and feel seen even if it's like by ourselves, but it's like, Oh, I just feel better if I feel this way. And then I draw a line because of it. (laughs) Nothing changed, but I just, I feel good now. Um, yeah. Do you have a joke? Do I have one? Yeah. Do you possess Uh, a joke? mm -hmm. This is something I yes. ask often. Yes. You have it? I have a joke. You see it? Um, you visualize it? Uh, yeah, it's, okay, it's let's more go. of a riddle than a joke. And it sure, that's cool. Fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna tell it in like super fast, like mosquito speed. And then I have to guess the riddle? Yeah, you have to guess it. Okay, let's okay. go. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, a vampire dies and goes to heaven, and then God. Well, this is this is all over the place. But but God says, "Okay, you you you're going to be reincarnated. <laughs> what do you want to be reincarnated at?" And as and the vampire is like, "I like having wings and drinking blood." And then so it went back to Earth as a uh, bat, and then the bat died and then went up to heaven and God was like, what do you want to go back as? And then the bat was like, I really like having wings and then drinking blood. And then, um, so then they went back as a mosquito and then the mosquito died and then, uh, went up to heaven and then God was like, what do you, what, what do you want to go back as? And then the mosquito was like, I really like having wings and drinking blood. What did, what did the mosquito reincarnate as? Wow. Even if I'm wrong, that was just a good time. Thank you. Yeah, but, I enjoyed it. Uh, God. Oh, God. Maybe I'm just going to wait here and edit this this part out where I think. So give me a moment. I want to get this right. Okay. I can be the hold music. Just tell me when to stop. Okay. Do, 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 do. I guess I'll never sing your name. I guess uh, one day, one day, so someone is show. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone is going to interview me one day. Maybe it'll be Neve. Yeah. So we'll, oh, we'll for get this there. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Wow. All right, so let me get this. We got we got vampire down to bat down to mosquito. Yeah. Wings. Wings and. And blood. and blood, wings Drink. and blood, smaller Drink. than a mosquito. That's oh, nothing necessarily be smaller. Than uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, just for the, the sake of cyclical continuity, I'm saying it doesn't make sense to me. But back as a vampire, what? what, no. what is it? <laughs> Imagine if that was the answer. That'd be such a terrible riddle. Oh, that it'd be horrible. But I don't. It would be terrible. I mean, I guess it would be funny in its own way because of that. No, it'd be hacky. It would be hacky. But... Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I All right, should I try? You. Should I try again? You Let's know see. what we could do? What we could do is I can tell you what it is, and then and then we can cut that out, and then we can record you saying, "Is it this thing?" I'm willing to do that as long as I could kind of give a hint that I wasn't lying about it <laughs> to to a very perceptive listener. Okay. Well, should I tell you what it is? God, it's pissing me off because like it's it's really stuff. random. You don't have to once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I've hyped it up too much. 
All right, I give, I give up. It's a, a, it's a pad, like, like. Oh yeah, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got wings, and it. Yeah, that's does. good. That's good, and. In yeah. all fairness, in, in degrees of sentience, it actually makes sense. But I was thinking about scale. But I know, I know. I was no, going, no, it's, no. Not, it's not smaller than a mosquito. That would well, be not good for... In a, sen- in a sentient sense, it becomes an object. So yes, it's a horrible yes. thing to wish to be reincarnated as. But I guess yeah. God was just playing a trick on the mosquito. Yeah, maybe. I guess there's a rule where you can't come back as the same thing. That's implicit. Yeah. 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 That would. Yeah. Well, that was great. I, I like that <laughs> more than a joke. Maybe I'm going to ask people if they don't have jokes for riddles. I'm ashamed to not have gotten it. I have to keep this unedited. Yeah. To. Yeah. Um, the listeners deserve to know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, okay. Well, good talking to you. I got to go yeah. to the Elks Lodge to meet my brothers now. So fun. Yeah, uh, it's going to be very fun. Wow. Enjoy. I'm going to take a nap. After there it is. There it is. Four hours. Um, it was so lovely. And I mean, still is right now. So lovely talking to you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good to meet you. All right. Have a Bye. Good Bye. Thanks again. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chen. Next up, we have Dan Bortz.